Hi, and welcome to Unmatched, a match cut bonus episode where we talk about a singular movie. My name is Aaron. I'm here with my friend and co-host, Matt. And you can reach us at... MatchCutPod at gmail.com or on Twitter at MatchCut. So today we're going to talk about a singular movie, and that movie is... Six Underground. Oh, Six Underground. <laughs> Six Underground is written by Paul Wernick and Rhett Reese and directed by Michael Bay. Six Underground stars an ensemble cast led by Ryan Reynolds with Laura Raz and Payman Mahdi. Paul Wernick and Rhett Reese are a writing team responsible for both Deadpool movies as well as Zombieland. And Michael Bay is responsible for some of the best popcorn action flicks around, including Armageddon, the Transformers series, the Bad Boys series, The Rock, the Aaron Burr Got Milk commercial, and the music video for The Divinals, I Touch Myself, among others. Six Underground tells the story of a group of individuals who all had their deaths faked in order to become ghosts in the modern world. They use this newfound freedom and flexibility to take on the kinds of jobs uh, mostly killing of people that wouldn't get done in the civilized world of red tape and diplomacy led by led by the mysterious one who also happens to be a billionaire. Yeah. Not that he would tell us that, but so this movie is uh, rated at a 6.1, which puts it in the company of movies such as Godzilla, the King of the monsters, which is the most recent Godzilla film, uh, Stuber, magic, Mike cars Two, and the water boy. It's really the first Magic Mike is at a 6.1. Yeah, kind of cult popularity, I guess, there. Because, like, that that's a good movie. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen it, but I've heard good things. Well, I mean, aside from a lot of man-ass, it's a good movie. So you're saying it's a great movie. I mean, if that's it floats your boat, <laughs> I mean, I ain't that straight, like... Channing Tatum is pretty hot in it. Nobody's that straight. Right. <laughs> so I, first, a brief note about like how I experience movies. Um, I don't like watch a ton of trailers. I don't want I don't read a ton of movie news. I don't like follow much of anything in movies, as you can probably tell by my movie watching past where I've seen nothing of note. Um, So. I really knew nothing about this movie, not the plot. I knew that Ryan Reynolds was in it and I'd seen that Instagram post where a car blows up in the background. <laughs> I didn't know there was an Instagram post where a car blew up in the background. Yeah, it's funny. He was like, oh, you know, on scene shooting for the new movie, real low key. And then just a car explodes and slides by on its nose behind him. Hmm. And then if you look at that scene in the movie, you can see Ryan Reynolds in the background recording that instagram post huh. i didn't know so, about that at all my first I, exposure to it uh if it's all right for me to interject here for a second i was just gonna finish up real quick so my first th exposure to this movie was you telling me that you had watched it and i think i misunderstood you and thought you said it was really good oh oh no <laughs> like better than expected so i i that's how i went into this movie <laughs> i'm sorry that you thought I, I i thought i was saying it was better than expected i was just like i don't want to give any opinion because any opinion i give is bad it's a bad movie they yeah. should feel bad for having made it um my exposure to it was like the night before I watched it, I saw an ad for it on the TV at work. I'm like, oh, that has an interesting collection of shots. Maybe I'll mm -hmm. watch it because it's on Netflix and it's got Ryan Reynolds. 
And then I watched it. And (laughs) sure enough, it was on Netflix. Still is, even. And it does have Ryan Reynolds, weirdly enough. Yeah, so welcome to another episode where Aaron and Matt baselessly wonder how this movie could have gone so wrong. Uh, I I know it, there is one man that made it go so wrong, and that is the man who directed all those movies you talked about, Michael Bay. <laughs> because when you go over the, the writing credits of the two writers and then the lead actor, <laughs> Ryan Reynolds, it makes sense for this to be maybe a little bit lighthearted, fun action movie. Instead, mm-hmm. it meanders around has no point, terrible, unfunny humor, literally not funny, didn't (laughs) laugh. Yeah. The opening is real rough. Like, I I was just counting down the seconds until six dies, basically. Which is a shame because I liked the Davy Franco as like baby driver kind of take that. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, literally, there's a scene where it's like, take that, baby driver, where they throw out a his sound deck where he was going to play some Britney Spears, which was obnoxious, but it <laughs> feels like, oh, yeah, baby driver had all those car stunts and they loved it. Well, screw them. I'm going to do a better car chase in one movie. <laughs> and, like, yeah. I actually kind of like that car chase and, like, the different little things they have to solve throughout it. However, mm-hmm. all these people, like... Aside from maybe four and six are just mean people. <laughs> yeah. I There's a scene in that opening car chase in Italy prominently featuring an Alfa Romeo. More on that later. But there's a scene where the like they spin the car around 180 or something. Uh-huh. And there's like 80 cuts in like that single six seconds yeah, of man. film. Like, just because it's a scene I like does not mean it's good as, as a as a disclaimer. I think it's the best sequence in the film and the film is bad. Yeah. That have you ever seen that cut? I think yes. it's in Taken Three. Yes. Where they do a similar amount of cuts to kind of hide like a bad stunt, basically. Yes. It's and as bad as Catwoman with Halle Berry playing basketball. <laughs> yeah. It is hectic and frantic. And like, there is a place for that in a car chase. But the fact that the car chase up until that point had been pretty, pretty easy to follow with some quick cuts here and there to like cut back to reaction of a car crashing or something like that mm-hmm. um, was very easy to follow. And then that's that, that 180 happens and it's just like, it is insane the amount of cuts. Yeah. Like Michael Bay, I think, has attention deficit issues. Like there's multiple times where like there's stories of him on set of other films where like people bring up like, hey, this doesn't make sense. And it's like, who the fuck cares? They're not watching it anyway, or something to that effect. Yeah, or thinks his audience has attention deficit issues. Well, Michael Bay strikes me as a director and the thing is there's like some actually very good shot composition that look great mm-hmm. um in isolation uh when who is it the ex-cia spook is that three 
Uh, I believe so, yeah. When she is introduced and what she has as a personal stake it's, in uh, this. Two. Two. But yeah. When when two is introduced and her personal stake in this, it's like this really, really intense. Like when I, this is the, uh, they use it in a trailers. It's like Hillico- Black Hawks coming over dunes. She's in the middle of the road with a car parked at just the right angle. It's a Rolls Royce, I think, isn't it? Mm-hmm. And she's like got this long flowing white scarf with a white car behind her. It's like, I thought it was like, because it was uh, an ad around November, December, early part of December, I was like, is this one of those weird avant-garde per- male cologne <laughs> ads? Like, because it seems like one of those. Yeah. <laughs> and then I realized, oh no, it's a movie directed by Michael Bay, who yeah. like who actually got his start in commercials and music videos. Mm-hmm. And so it totally makes sense that he has a style over substance film on, film take on things. Yeah. It's interesting that you liked the Italy scene so much because I kind of found that to be the weakest. And maybe it's just my intense dislike of the six character. But oh, you don't um, like six. <laughs> oh, I, I hate six. I was oh, like, All right. I'm kind of a fan of Davy Franco. Yeah, like I like him as a as a person, but his character kind of sucks. Um, I really liked all the uh, the rooftop stuff. That was parkour my favorite. with four. Yeah, <laughs> hard four parkour. There you go, nailed it. <laughs> um, that was my favorite, like set piece with the big uh, the big pool and everything. Well, that's later in China. Yeah, yeah. I also liked the whole like magnet thing is like a rich magneto version of iron man i mean I thought that was at least interesting and new that visually interesting yes but within the the realm of the the narrative and the world that the movie is trying to establish it's like what's the damn point <laughs> like he invented this magnet tech so he should just do something with magnets other like it seems like they forgot that that was a thing he did for most of the film or like Michael Bay probably thought it was nerd bullshit and hated it. Yeah. Until it was like, Oh, you can stab people with knives. And he's like, Oh, I love it because it's dumb. (laughs) I would, I think they probably came up with it as like, you know, would be super sick for our like big finale action set piece. Like dudes getting thrown around by their, guns and vests and then it's like well shit we got to put it like somewhere else in the movie as Chekhov's magnet and then um, I think they use yeah. it on the cranes in the rooftop yes. scene I think that's like, the that's only other time he uses it he mentions that like in the early part of the film he's like I, I invented things with magnets because I loved them at a young age doesn't matter yeah like I invented neodymium magnets like I don't know that that's something you invent I think that's I meant to look it up earlier, but I'm pretty sure that's, like, just a thing. Also, the the movie is just really condescending to just, like, everyone. And, like, it tries to have these emotional beats that it doesn't earn, like, every moment. Like, the only character who I feel goes, like... And this is something I was racking my brain about. Do any of these characters actually go through an arc? Um, I mean, they all kind of... Like, the group goes through the arc of, like, learning to trust each other and, like, you know, whoa, we're not going to use code names anymore. And but we're going to bang each other in Vegas hotel rooms. And 
it's an, it's so, an evolution. So the only two characters are five and two that actually have like a start point, a middle point, and an end point in terms of their character growth. They start off as like you know they got dark past and they're trying to atone for it to degrees and different in different ways. Um, they realize they both find each other hot and so they bang after murdering people. <laughs> Yeah, it's two and three. Two and three. Okay. Yeah, five is the uh, the nurse who literally has no character. They don't establish her backstory at all. Everyone else, other than and then five and six, get a backstory. Mm-hmm. Seven, you like see his whole arc. Well, yeah. So which the, I, seven, I thought was kind of a cool thing, like being able to see your own funeral. I wish they did more with that. But well, they. But my problem with that is, like, this movie does not know what tone it wants to be. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's intentional from the writing standpoint. Michael Bay does not know how to do this thing right, though. Yeah. I also felt that that big Italy car chase spent the entire budget of the film. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. They definitely shot, like, on scene, you know... Um, and that could not have been cheap, despite all the money they're getting from Alfa Romeo for putting that badge all over the movie. I mean, that one scene. Maybe that yeah. was subsidized by Alfa Romeo. <laughs> How far yeah. is Florence uh, from uh, Modena? Uh, I don't know. Oh, is uh, it Fiat headquartered in, uh, in uh, Florence or something? Or where is Fiat headquartered? Because Fiat owns everything, every car company in Italy, basically. Except yeah. for Lamborghini. That is owned by the Germans. Uh, Venice to Modena? Modena? Yeah. About two hours, two hour drive? Well, they weren't in Venice. They were in Florence. Florence, that's right. If you want to take the train about two hours. So, same by car. No connection there other than a historic city in Italy. Yeah. There was something they were going to film... I think in Rome, but ended up in uh, Florence. Regardless, anyway. there, at no point do I care about one's life. It's just mm-hmm. like, here's ultimate wish fulfillment bullshit. <laughs> oh, I'm a billionaire that like, I care because things happened and bad things like there's no subtlety in, to anything. Not that every movie needs subtlety. Sometimes a villain can just be a villain. But mm-hmm. like the fact that it's trying to say like, oh, billionaires have the power to change the world. And here's one that's doing it. <laughs> and it's Ryan Reynolds playing Ryan Reynolds. And not even like again. a fun version of Ryan Reynolds, though, like. I get the sense that he had fun in movies, you know, Deadpool, obviously, but and the new mm-hmm. film, uh, New Guy, Free Guy. Free Guy, yeah. Free Guy that's coming out. Looks like he's having fun, at least. Mm-hmm. He didn't seem to be having fun in this one. Yeah, they kind of don't know, like... I feel like they don't know how competent his character should be, because, like, there's a scene where he just straight up, like, disarms three dudes or whatever and then like there's another scene where he's hanging off the boat and forgets that he has a gun to shoot the guy with like yeah it's like i can get maybe like a 
a little bit of, oh, he doesn't, you know, he's he's not as comfortable with killing as he is. But then they have a scene earlier from early on where he cold-blooded kills people and like another character comments on like that fucking training is is strange how does he know how to do that Mm -hmm. and they never address it whatsoever Um, yeah like they want that mystery but there needs to be something solvable there not just a bunch of unconnected clues like um, my big, to me, yeah, that makes good. that's perfectly fine to have a solvable mystery or, you know, a mystery at all. But then his character just wildly switches tones back and forth. Um, I am not a fan of seeing what happened to Seven and all that because it's just Michael Bay will put the military in any <laughs> fucking movie he makes. And it's just big old vinegar strokes for the American military. Mm hmm. And it's, it's just tired. He could have established the same thing by just cutting that scene out, saving us a good 15 minutes of him cutting back and forth really rapidly to show how hectic it is with the telephoto lens going back and forth for the very obvious explosion that's about to happen. Mm-hmm. Like if you don't expect uh, Seven's squad to get killed, then you have never seen a movie before or thought critically <laughs> about one. Yeah, I mean it's a it's a Michael Bay movie to be sure. Um I think one of one of the things that suffers from that is um like they have this plan obviously to overthrow a dictator and install his more sympathetic brother in there. And then like the brother never gets set up as like okay, why is this guy like the friend of the people? He literally, it's just kind of like, yeah, literally, I thought it was going to be like a switcheroo thing. We're like, no, this brother's just as bad as the other brother. But it's like, no, it's <laughs> yeah. played straight. Ryan Reynolds character says it's true. So it's true. Yeah. And then all it takes is like one television address to literally spark revolution in the entire nation. Oh, can we talk about the music <laughs> choice? <laughs> the music I mean, they choice did in the movie. The music, like they they lampoon it, but then try to play it straight. Like, oh god, what is that song that is played then? Oh, the stuff on IMDb is nowhere near complete enough to, unless it's Glory by the sto- the score. Probably is. Uh, I do know that they unironically use AWOL Nation's "Run," <laughs> that meme from Vine, all that decade ago. <laughs> There's. Like, yeah. And it's and it's just so on the nose. There is no subtlety. Again, not that it necessarily needs subtlety, but you don't need to remind me that oh, the the for the free runner, he he gonna run. He he gonna run good. He run good, and it and it's scary because he could die. Mm-hmm. And like the fact of the matter that like seven's arc is oh he did it because this guy says he'll never stop him from pulling the trigger so that someone in his his team won't die and then is pissed that he he guy that i hired who i told would be able to pull the trigger to save someone is angry that i am almost not letting him pull the trigger to save someone (laughs) yeah i feel like this movie also forgot about members left and right like this feels like they had a lot of rewrites, uh, a lot of reshoots. Um, probably, wasn't there like four editors to this film? Uh, film, I just saw it. Film editing, uh, three guys. 
I wouldn't be surprised if one or but or two or all three of those guys are Michael Bay's guys, and they cut how he they know how to, to cut for him. And yeah. it it Calvin Wimmer definitely is. He did uh, Transformers: Revenge of the Fallen and the original Transformers. But then William Goldenberg did Zero Dark Thirty, um, Argo, the Intimidation Game, and the Insider. So that Wimmer guy is definitely then uh, Michael Bay's guy that he brings with him. Yeah. And then also there's Roger Barton who did Godzilla King of the Monsters, <laughs> Quiet Place, and World War Z. So two competent editors. Well, one competent editor, one hit and miss editor, and one oh, Michael and Speed Bay. Speed Racer. <laughs> and one Michael Bay editor. Um, yeah. So, I mean, like... I think the thing is, it's it's not far enough in either direction. It's not just total schlock. Like, there are hooks, obviously, that both of us were drawn to where it's like, hey, I think you've got something here. Like, maybe dig into this. But then they don't. And it's either, like, you either you have to take all of that stuff out or you have to dig a lot deeper on all of this stuff and basically make a different movie. Yeah. I... I thought going into this film that we were going to get like each of the, the, the members of the underground, you know, one, two, mm-hmm. three, four, five, six, seven, minus six, uh, that we were, we were going to do a job pertaining to each of them. And I thought this first job was pertaining to two and one because mm-hmm. of like the, the, their personal involvement with him. And so it was going to be like, oh, we do this job and it's going to, it's not going to be the entire movie. It's <laughs> yeah. going to be a really, it's going to be one act of a five act structure. So it's going to be quick, pretty quick paced, which would make sense for Michael Bay. Yeah. Yeah. Something maybe where like the final job is, I mean, that'd be tough to set up in like a two hour movie, but if like the final job involves all of them, well, no, the, the idea would be you bring all these individuals together to help each individual right or wrong in the world. So mm. you have one in, uh, one and two both going after this dictator guy with the rest of the crew, obviously. To but that's really quick. They should have gotten yeah. the 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 phone unlocked, and instantly that should have get, given him the brother's location, and they just get the brother and reinstall him by like hosting him as the the proper government in exile. Right. Then it should have been, you know, three going after the cartel. And it should have been, you know, four uh, going after, well, maybe, maybe just leave four as like, he was an independent thief that was, you know, burned by his guys. Right. And then you, and then you could again, rope in another thing with five and seven, like five was a clearly a doctor. She was a surgeon of some sort. Um, but mm-hmm. not that we did, know because they don't care enough to give us a backstory on her. Yeah. Did we get, we didn't get a backstory for her, right? No, literally everyone but her got a backstory and hmm. six, but six died. So it's like, we're not going to give you a backstory right. for six. So it's just, it's just frustrating and annoying, like from that perspective. So you could have tied five and sevens backstory together. Like, Oh, you know, five was a doctor in, you know, the Middle East for an MSF type group that mm-hmm. was uh, also in the same vicinity or attacked by the same terror cell that blew up seven squad. 
And so they're going after the mastermind of both attacks. Or maybe tie it in that the mastermind of both attacks is the dictator. Mm -hmm. You know, we spend so much time like with this dictator and he's just generic. Yeah. There's not a whole lot to get fleshed out there. And that's fine. Bad guy do bad thing is good enough. Like, again, that's the so the scene that like really kicked Ryan Reynolds character into overdrive with like, I got to do something with my you know position in the world because I'm just a piece of shit. Otherwise, um, is he's at a, uh, a refugee hospital with an MSF type group <laughs> uh, and uh, the the dictator who I don't even care to remember his name. Um, gasses it in a very it reminded me of like man did they just watch call of duty in 2019 and be like we want a scene <laughs> like that right which is also ripped from the headlines with the syrian civil war so they're basically in not syria <laughs> yeah pretty much and like that scene is a fine enough attack and like i could believe that completely changing someone to see that oh this is what's actually happening in the world and cutting a check for an organization isn't good enough Mm -hmm. because this guy is evil. He's gassing children and no one in the world cares except for these, you know, NGOs that aren't going to remove them from power. Yeah. It's such like, it's such a half step in so many areas that. Yeah. Either don't try or put the effort in good stunts though. Yeah, I really, again, I'll go back to the, the first scene. That car work is, a lot of it is practical, and that is mm-hmm. awesome. Yeah, they throw a bunch of cars, they roll a bunch of cars. Something that happens a lot in this movie is you see bodies a lot more than you see in other movies. Yeah. Like in the Italy scene where, you know, he does the 180, slides past the garbage truck, and the and the Mercedes that's following gets nailed. Yeah. Like, you see all the bodies, granted they're dummies, and they kind of look like them. But you see all the passengers in that car flopping around. Um, I think like three, four people get bounced off of hoods in this movie. Yeah. And thrown up in the air. Like that was a real, there was a real like, they just don't show that in movies. Yeah. I don't not, know. Not so much like... anymore. And then like, again, to your point with the stunt work, like the the parkour stuff, like the introduction of four. And it's dumb that they call him the Skywalker. <laughs> oh yeah like that was so stupid they're calling everyone else like very like uh ex-cia spook the surgeon the driver the billionaire or the team leader or whatever it was the hitman yeah and they call him the skywalker why not just call him the free runner or the parkour guy yeah like that was just dumb and it just it, it just it it leaves a bad taste in my mouth because <laughs> it's so dumb it's like but like they also show this guy practically whoever the either the double is or maybe the actor is actually a parkour guy. He was probably mm-hmm. my favorite for because like, yeah. I think his character hit the right tone throughout the sh- the movie mm. where like he's having fun with it. He realizes it's serious and like in, in certain scenes, you know, it's like, oh, there's dire circumstances going on. Um I, I just found him to be enjoyable to watch on, on screen. Yeah. There's a lot of movie references in this, in this movie that they're just unashamed to make. Like, if you remember the whole scene with 
three when he accidentally breathed the laughing gas, which oh, yeah, that's no. not how laughing gas works, but then just continues to quote movies for almost the entire scene. To the point, well, and it's all ADR as well, but uh, to the point where two is like no more movie references the rest of the the job or whatever yeah it's i i know this because i just watched it but it's one he says no more movie quotes like now or ever but yeah same same sentiment right um do you do you think there is a film that has done this kind of thing better and the the answer just Um, for me just popped into my head i mean if you're talking about like group heist films, like there are, are, are a ton that have done it better, um, notably the Ocean series, but they don't have as much of a focus on like the individual characters outside of like maybe two or three. Well, and so it just popped in my head. The original Ocean's Eleven is kind of the line that this should have taken, been a bit smarter about things, had a little bit more wit to the dialogue and stuff going on, like overall and like the actors definitely had way more fun with oceans 11 than i feel the actors had on this mm-hmm. um i i would have liked you know less backstory if we're not going to give everyone a backstory instead we cut like 17 different times to what caused one to want to do this it's like we already yeah. we already got it like he <laughs> he he grew a, a heart and wanted to you know change the world it's like no 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 you don't know the real reason it's because he found love and it's like no 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 you don't know the real reason it's because he has a kid it's like yeah. I, I don't care he has like seven different endings it's like star wars the phantom menace over here <laughs> yeah you're absolutely right like it's you know we don't need the seven motivations like almost dying is kind of motivation enough for most people and everyone understands like wanting to do good yeah like the 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 crux of his motivation is wanting to leave the world in a better place for his kid to grow up in i guess i like Mm -hmm. that's pretty universal you can just say that yeah so. Oh, the thing I was going to say is they do directly reference Ocean's Eleven at the end of the movie. Um, yeah, with, like, next time, can we just knock off a casino? Ugh. Like, how dare you stand where he stood? Yeah, I mean, if you want an ensemble cast that allows like, oh, I, I like knowing that they're all doing their own thing. Like in Ocean's Eleven to introduce all the characters, it doesn't take multiple cutbacks and multiple cutaways oh another thing this movie does horribly it starts like in media res in media's res in media's res <laughs> yeah four hour four months ago 17 minutes ago and which i i guess is supposed to be a joke like a self-referential joke but doesn't doesn't really play not for me why not just start it in the meeting and then cut to the car chase. And then after that car chase is done, you then have him show what he did and how he faked his death. But you don't even need to show it. You just wanted to have a cool-ass Red Bull Air Race plane do stunts. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, speaking of ensemble heist movies, like, you know, not every not every cut has to be snatched where we're, you know bouncing back and forth in the timeline it's like just 
you know, tell your movie. Well, if, I think you're hoping that the redeeming quality is like this cool Quentin Tarantino snatch Ocean's Eleven style bouncing back and forth. Like if you think that's what's going to make it cool, you've already failed. Well, to me, it just reeks of n- no confidence in the script mm-hmm. and and no ability to direct a vision. It feels like Michael Bay didn't want to do this. Honestly, ever since Bad Boys, it felt like every film he's directed, he doesn't want to direct. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this was, I think I read Netflix's second highest budget film after The Irishman. Well, I mean, at least I can see where the budget went with this. Not that mm-hmm. I haven't watched The Irishman, so that's not a that's not meant to be a knock. It's like you can clearly tell they spent the money. Yeah. You know, it's good action, not good plot, but neither makes up for the other. So here we are, a 6.1. I think that's overrated. I'd put it at a five maximum. Yeah, you could maybe knock it down a two, you know, two or three tenths. I would I would agree with that. Um, I think kind of the, maybe Ryan Reynolds star power picks it up a little bit. And of course, the people who will just say like, oh, well, it's a Michael Bay film. What did you expect? You're being too critical. It's like you can still be you can still be critical. of. <laughs> and to the point of it being overrated, in my opinion, uh, having seen Godzilla King of the Monsters, Magic Mike and Waterboy, the Waterboy, mm-hmm. I have en- I enjoyed all those films enough to have watched them more than once. Yeah. I don't ever want to watch Six Underground again. <laughs> but if you want to watch Six Underground, you can you unfortunately know, you- subject yourself to it on Netflix. Yeah, you got two hours to burn and you don't feel like thinking a whole bunch. It's on Netflix. So, uh, anything else on this movie in the name of uh, don't not making this, this a two-hour episode? <laughs> yeah. So for the Match Cut Podcast, I've been Matt. I've been Aaron. We'll see you, uh, we'll see you again real soon. It's another one in the can. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.